1: Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
2: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
3: Hour number two. Hour number two of the G-Bag Nation is we got weird why fingers do, going why on. Why we had put, a three, we had a one, we had a two, we're back to two. Why do put is two? four fingers up? I don't know. Because uh, it's fourth quarter. Fourth quarter style here. So we're about to get into the NFL news of the day on the G-Bag Nation. We do have one hour from now, Baldy, Brian Baldinger, Baldy's Breakdowns coming on with us to talk some football. we got the McCarthy Presser at 3.30. We'll do around the rim, get you set for some Mavs, Clippers action later tonight. Zach Wolchuk alongside Brian Broaddus, Lucius Alexander, Carter Freeman, and you are turn it on leave it on. Listeners, how the hell are you doing? 877-881-1053. Appreciate you rocking with us. If it's your first time, welcome. We love you. Home of your World Series champion, Texas Rangers, and. Your Dallas Cowboys leading Pro Bowl getters right now. Cowboys have a couple at their position. And CeeDee Lamb is one, along with Tyreek Hill, who you're going to be playing against at wide receiver. Raheem Mostert for the Dolphins. Tua for the Dolphins. Also leading vote getters as well. Cowboys do have, of course, Micah Parsons listed on there. Deron Bland listed on there. How about Brandon Butter-Aubrey as your kicker? Tell you what, it's a good list. And Zach Morton. Can't forget yeah. about Zach, who's going to yeah, join yeah. us tomorrow at 5.
4: And and by the way, hearing positive things about Zach. Good. Positive, positive things. So, hopefully he will be available for you on Sunday. We'll see. Always nervous about that nowadays, you know. Kind of get the word that maybe guys are okay. Then, it'll,
3: it'll, scare that it, it'll scare you Half once. It'll scare ha- it yeah, you once or twice. Happens last week.
4: Yeah, because, I you know, it kind of felt like that maybe Hooker was going to be in the game and, he wasn't so, but we'll see with Zach. But it, it sounded like things were going in the right direction. Are we feeling better about
3: Malik for this week? Is they're probably going to need him to yeah. deal with some of the speed. I would the Dolphins say, are yeah, I would say, break.
4: I would say, yeah. Another uh, getting off this last week probably helped him quite a bit.
3: Did see this from Tom Pelissero? Twenty twenty four Pro Bowl games are going to include dodgeball, tug of war. And Madden head-to-head competitions, you know Micah Parsons is going to be in on the Madden head-to-head competitions. Kind of
4: hoping that Micah Parsons is not at the Pro Bowl, though. It'd
3: be nice because if he was skipping that, that, that
4: game,
0: getting ready for a the, more the, important
4: one yeah, in Las Vegas. I, I was, I was kind of hoping all our guys would not be involved in tug-of-war. Absolutely. And, uh, I
0: it, like I them like, all except for the uh, dodgeball. You don't like the dodgeball? don't like the dodgeball? I like the dodgeball. I like tug-of-war. Okay. Sounds like a football thing. It you is. Know, yeah. and strength.
4: Let me ask you this, Lucius. Were you bad in dodgeball? Uh,
0: and dodge a no, wrench. And dodge was ball. all right. I was like, were you? Yeah, I like to sound of little balls when they hit somebody.
4: Did you? <laughs> did you play with the red rubber ball? Yeah. Boom! Yes. They thing, bounce everywhere. The mm-hmm. ridiculous. That thing. Yeah. That thing was a concussion waiting to happen. Yep. You, Nailed you, someone you, in the head. you hit somebody in the head. That was. Yeah. And, and it was like, oh, get up, get up.
0: <laughs> you know, like it, it, it could be a problem.
4: I just thought maybe, is that you don't like the dodge ball because you were having bad flashbacks.
0: No, not yet, man. That you weren't. No, not yet.
4: I mean, I, I, I was.
0: I think I, it's just too goofy for our NFL players to be playing dodgeball, in my opinion. That's just me, though. It was a little weak i say that year. respectfully.
4: I kind of feel like that maybe we shouldn't do any of this stuff. Just get rid of the Pro Bowl? Or I, just do the seven-on-seven seven flag game? No, I feel like that you should just get named to the Pro Bowl and that's it. They
3: don't, they don't race anymore? No. I, I, don't, uh, I don't think the race is part of what no. they're doing here. At least what they came they, out with they to today. Do like sprints instead of dodgeball. Yeah, yeah, they, sprints, the sprints are good. Like I'm the like, fastest man, strongest yeah, man. Like, on, okay, man.
4: this would be fun. How about if they kind of divided up the really fast guys and had a 4x4 relay? Ooh,
3: that'd be a blast. I love that, I think.
4: Yes. How many times have we watched track and field and it comes down to the 440 relay and, like, the stadium is just buzzing? That
3: would be awesome.
4: Like, it's usually... It's Jamaica in lane three, the U.S. in lane you know, two. and you know It's just one of those. Okay. That thing buzzes. I'm in
3: on this. They do have the precision passing. That's going to be back. Ten total targets. Is that where they put the powder on the ball
4: and they try and hit the yeah. dummy? Yeah.
3: And then kick-tack-toe sounds pretty fun. Each team's kicker is going to compete in a giant tic tac toe competition to oh, showcase yeah. their skills. First kicker to complete a connecting line of three squares or hit five total targets wow. is declared the winner. So that's probably going to be our guy Brandon Aubrey. Yeah.
4: Unless, of course, Cowboys are in the Super Bowl, which we're all hoping for. I just kind of feel like that I, I'm I'm against all the games. I Just name them the Pro Bowl. Trusty as hell, Brian. Ah,
0: humbug. <laughs> well, I really – you
4: should... Where's your holiday
0: cheer? Yeah, come on, fam. I... we got to put this on TV somehow. We've got to get these ratings There's there, the ratings.
4: buddy. Well, but, but okay, was, what was worse, the games, the actual them playing the game or this tug-of-war thing that we're doing, you know?
0: Which okay, is... so when I first fell in love with the Pro Bowl, they had games like this, they... though, but they weren't – Goofy games, (laughs) you know, they were things that you would do track and field wise, uh, field day type of games. Maybe
4: there was a show called uh, Superstars. It used to be like from like this is back in the seventies and the eighties, and it was a television broadcast. But like you had actual pro football players, like you had to. There were ten events, and you had to compete like in eight of them. But you got points for how you competed, so you would have like hockey, dude. Okay, like. You know, hockey dude would be swimming against basketball dude. And, you know, so it was kind of a – but it used to be called superstars. It was a kind of a TV made for – but it was all – They need to run that back. It was. They had like they – had, they had racing. They had their, I think that
0: would be
3: better. Yeah. Because what they're doing right now – I don't watch it. I mean, it's I'll watch the highlights. I think it was on where we were doing the show last year, some of these events. They didn't even have it all at the same time. But a I, lot of people texting in are just not interested in the Pro Bowl.
4: I broke down the Pro Bowl one time on scout a film. I watched the Pro Bowl – because was that when they were actually tackling? J.J. Watt was playing against Tyron Smith. Oh. And I was curious of how hard, because J.J. Watt has a history of going full speed all the time. Sure. So I was wondering how many plays would it be before he would piss Tyron Smith off to where Tyron Smith would start <laughs> trying to wear him out. And I think it went two plays. And then Tyron Smith said, all right, that's it. You're not going to embarrass me
3: today. Shout out to Sean Taylor, best play yeah. in Pro Bowl history. He just destroyed that kicker. He certainly did. A lot of people. That's like the Pro Bowl memory for many people. I think after that is when they decided, you know what, we're not going to actually yeah. play anymore. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Eagles Pro Bowl guard Landon Dickerson is going undergoing thumb surgery. That's He's not going to go on IR, that's but a that's big that's a big injury for the offensive line of the Eagles. Yeah. We've talked to Mike McDaniel. We played that audio of him talking about uh, telling the media, hey, just politely go F yourself when you're talking about who we've played and our easy schedule. Hard Knocks is going to be fun. I know, Lucius, you've been talking about this. It's been really entertaining. I love it, man.
0: They brought the feeling back. They restored the feeling.
3: I'm pumped. And we're going to get the Cowboys week. Hmm. That'll be coming up here next week, which I'm excited for. But they showed a a clip of the Jets game. Mike McDaniel in his bag, just knew by the defense he was getting, this was going to be a one-play drive.
1: I'm really visualizing the one-play
5: drive here. I'm having a tough time not visualizing a one-play drive here. We get kick coverage. Waddle's going to have a one-play drive here. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Here it comes. (laughs) 13!
6: Dolphins begin at their own 40. Going deep. Going deep! Touchdown to Jalen Waddle. 60 yards and a touchdown. Take a look at this route.
0: Inside. Oh, and he gets him. That was a big arm throw right there. Uh, talk to me.
3: <laughs> They're having fun there in Miami, and I'm worried a little bit about Mike McDaniel dialing up some of that ma- mad scientist type stuff. Oh, right that's
0: right that's
4: he- yeah. I'll tell you what's funny. I've been watching the film with them and it I always stop on the sidelines. You see the pants he wears oh, yeah. during the games? It's Joggers. Like, we yeah, were talking about that a few weeks ago. Okay, and they're cuffed, but they're like he pulls them up above above ab- ab- his calf. Yeah, yeah. He pulls them up like they're like they're baseball pants.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're joggers, man. They come with a little drawstring at the bottom of mine here or right here. Oh, you got okay. it? Yeah, but mine say, pulled Lucy, down. She, though. I can't pull mine up, but you know I don't want to show up these big sexy calves. Okay. You gotta pay for that. You know what I'm saying?
4: Mike mm-hmm. Mike's got non sexy calves. Oh. And he wears that's his shots he, fired at McDaniel. He well, he's a brilliant coach. He really is. But he, he pulls <laughs> he, pulls, we, he pulls we, his, it's our guy. He pulls his jogger <laughs> pants up to where he's like he now he's he's highlighting his shoes.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. He, he is he keeps, flossy with the shoes on the sideline. He, he is flossy. He, is. he
4: keeps his tags on his shoes.
3: Yeah. Well, the way we, there was the uh, story. I think it was Debo who used to play for him right. in my in with San Francisco before he got the head coaching job. And he was talking with Kay Adams about how he wears shoes that are two sizes too big. So maybe he's returning them. That's yeah. why he
0: keeps the tag. I on. know one was like off whites, and they come with a tag. Kind of that's kind of the vibe
4: of it. He said he has to. He, he was talking to some. He was talking to somebody, the owner of somebody. Where was he? Might have been Woody Johnson. Oh, with the Jets? Like, Woody Johnson has this huge Jets <laughs> diamond necklace that he wears. I don't know if a player, maybe Sauce gave it or something. Yeah. But, that would but, make sense but, was but Mike, Mike was kind of like thinking like, man, how do I get one of those? And then he was, and then Woody asked him about his shoes. And like, why do you keep the tags? And he goes, no, you got to keep the tags on them. So I didn't know if that if that's a truth. It's like it, when you p- keep the label on the hat. I don't know. I oh, don't know. He must be in the resale game. Yeah. You think so? Career after coaching. He's got some it's immaculate, some terrible, terrible shoes. I'm sorry about yeah, he's got some immaculate looking. Hey, shoes. you got to keep
3: your options open there. Hey, coaches. come on, bro. And he's trying to do that. You know what's
4: funny though about that job he has? Like the all the the all time winningest coach in NFL history, coach for the Miami Dolphins. He will never be the all time winningest coach of the Miami Dolphins. No,
3: it's going to be tough. You don't think he can be there for like 30 years?
4: That's what I'm saying. Go ahead and uh, try and get to Shula's record. 30 years. Mm. But the all time, yeah, Don Shula uh, holds that record. There's no way. Whoever ever coaches at Miami will never be the all time winningest coach at Miami.
3: Brock Purdy has overtaken Dak Prescott. Oh, no. For MVP favorite. Oh, no. Over George Kittle was uh, talking with our friend Jory Epstein. He does a fantastic job with Yahoo Sports, and Jory was talking with George Kittle about who should indeed be the MVP of the NFL.
5: I've got to ask you, for the first time this year, I'll be voting for MVP, and by January 8th, 3 p.m. Eastern, I have to rank them. So I've got five votes, but only one person can be my first-place MVP vote. Who should I vote for?
4: I'd vote for Christian. Your defense has to completely change
5: to cover guys like Tyreek and Mm. Christian McCaffrey. You're, everything has to change your game plan. It can't be the same game plan because you have to account for guys who every time they touch the ball could be a 70 yard touchdown. The amount of times that Christian or Tyreek has just carried the team and put them on his back and scored touchdowns and won
4: games and like it's a team sport. Don't get me wrong. But like every time Christian touched the ball, our whole office is like, all right, well, he's going to get 10 to 20 to 50 yards. And it's just, when you have a guy that inspires your teammates like that to play at a high level, how is that not the most valuable player? If you want a best quarterback award, make a best quarterback award. Let's keep the MVP for the most valuable player,
5: which, hey, you got Brock, you got Christian McCaffrey, you got Tyree.
3: Tom Brady also saying he believes Christian McCaffrey should be MVP on the Let's Go podcast that he does with Jim Gray. Uh, They actually had McCaffrey on. We can get to some of that audio here in a second. But I I would probably go with McCaffrey over Brock Purdy as well. We've seen Purdy when they went on that three-game losing streak, and he doesn't have all of his weapons. He's down an offensive lineman, and the turnovers that he had, I, I get it's always going to go pretty much to the quarterback that has the best team, but then we need to reevaluate the MVP. That's not necessarily the most valuable player. That's just the quarterback on the best team.
4: Let me circle back. To if you know Dallas gets to play San Francisco again, you get to break down all that Christian McCaffrey tape, which is always very good. Tell you what, that guy at Miami, that wide receiver special, bro. Tyreek Hill, should also and be in consideration. I'll tell you what, I, I you know, in, in my commentary, the most dynamic weapon in the NFL today, and I, you know, I Christian McCaffrey, dynamic weapon too. But man, you could see the fear, you see fear when you watch Hill when he starts to move, and what happens to the sec- what happens to the defense when he starts to move? I, there there's full on panic on the back end. Of having to like, oh no, here we go, you know, okay, we gotta we gotta make sure we get this adjustment and all that, so um, uh, man, yeah, I Christian McCaffrey would be a very deserving one, but you look at if Tyre kills somehow and and maybe the injuries won't allow him to get over two thousand yards, but man, he is a special player,
3: he is. No question. Uh, and eight one seven. the Heisman's become the same. It's a joke. I mean, it, it is a lot of the time they're, they're going to go to the quarterback. Now, this year, I think they did give it to the most deserving quarterback, and yeah. Jaden Daniels, even though his team wasn't in the playoff, they did get it right. But, yeah, I mean, maybe we should just make a separate award and give it to the, the quarterback if you want to, because it seems like no other positions have a chance to win MVP well, yeah, anymore. Yeah,
4: that's, that's – you know, I'll say this about Daniels at LSU. That was a nine-win team, and he was the, re- he was the biggest reason why they won nine games. So if you want, it, and usually we give it to the team that has the perfect record and you know is into the national into the playoff. But man, I, I'm so glad, and I think it's fortunate though for for him a little bit that the West Coast split votes on with the Washington quarterbacks Penix and then Knicks. Mm. I think voters split, that's a great point split, and it and it it, it helped. It actually helped. Jaden Daniels win that award. And I was
3: wondering if maybe CMC would get some votes that takes it away from Brock Purdy. As of now, the odds say probably not. But CMC talking about doing the little things and how that really rallies a team. And I thought this was this was great from CMC that a lot of the fans maybe we don't take the time to appreciate on with Jim Gray and Tom Brady.
5: And when you turn the tape on the next day, you can you can tell who loves you. And it's the biggest yeah. you know, it's the it's the biggest example of love when somebody's doing something unselfish for you and asking for nothing in return and that happens all over the football field all the time on these good teams and you know I've been on the good ones I've been on bad ones and that's the difference you know and and those plays like you said that are celebrated in the meeting room uh, you become an outcast if if you don't do that if you're not one of those guys that's Mm -hmm. you know trying to even just following the ball in case something happens, you're ready to pick a fumble up, hustling in and out of the huddle. It's it's those little things that just to me make make it fun because it's it's contagious.
3: And that's when, you know, you, you watch the all twenty two, you get an yeah. appreciation for that stuff. Like Tyler Biot is trailing and following oh, and falling on fumbles to yeah. save drives. Michael Gallup, we've talked about his willingness as a blocker. Is he having success at wide receiver? No. No. The production's not there but the, the receivers are getting into the, the blocking game. That's what makes San Francisco so good, and that's when the Cowboys have had success offensively. That's carried over to them as
4: well. No, you're absolutely right about that. If they were putting helmet stickers on Cowboys' helmets, Michael Gallup would have more helmet stickers for blocking than he would probably receiving. He's been very unselfish on the outside. Christian McCaffrey, you watch the San Francisco 49er film. When they get a screen, every one of their stars are blocking Whoever has the ball, the other stars are blocking for that guy. It would check, Kittle, Samuel—they all block for each other on the out. Trent—they all get out there and block. And they—it's—I'm sure that they have when they watch the film all together that they—they have a, a, a there's a lot of joy of those blocks and stuff getting pointed out how guys unselfishly do their jobs on a weekly basis for them to win games
0: we we'll get more NFL talk
4: coming Yo. up a little bit
0: later on. Hey, we were talking about the Pro Bowl and with other yeah. events and
4: stuff they should have.
0: Yeah. Man on the fan text said uh Fat Man Relays. Ooh, I'm in. Man. Big Man, fat man. Relays would be on fire,
4: bro. Okay, I like this. How about every other in the 440 has to be a fat guy.
3: You so you're 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 <laughs> so you like, got two big boys and two fast yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. You're maniacal, man. Yeah, Let's you got go. you got two go. two
4: big dudes, two fast dudes. Yeah, And you got to determine when you're going to put I'd say this. Let's do some squatting too. How, how about this? Squat how about something. how about the big dude has to be the anchor. One of the one okay. of the big dudes has that to would be make the anchor. The finish
3: amazing. Yes, yeah. I am in on this, boys. We yeah. are trying to create our own Pro Bowl games. This yeah. is great. All right, let's talk some hoops around the rim. Uh, Kyrie talking, wishing he got drafted by the Mavs. And how about the return of Jaw? Let's go hooping next.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
3: Mike McCarthy pressure coming up here in just a few minutes, but what a night it was in the association, the return of Jaws, Steph Curry getting it done, and tonight we got Clippers and Mavs. Mavs looking to snap a nine-game winning streak for the Clippers, and we got some Mavs audio for you as well. So let's go ahead and do it, shall we? Let's turn the lights off, put the kids to bed for an afternoon nap, and let's go all the way around the rim. Nine point seconds remaining in his season debut for John Moran. Fighting fatigue carries the team back from a 24-point deficit. They tie it up against the Pelicans. And what's he do? Drives to the lane and just lays in a buzzer
0: beater. And he kept receipts.
3: Yes, he did. He sure did. Yes, he did. Woo! Absolutely beautiful. Uh, John Morant, what he did last night after the game, saying, quote, he told me, F no, you get the ball. So at that point, I pretty much just had to lock in and go deliver. And I did. He sure did. I mean, he is beautiful to watch play the game of basketball. I know a lot of people have their own feelings about the off-the-court stuff and certainly why he was suspended, and hopefully he's learned from that 25-game suspension, but it's good to have him back in the association, man.
4: It's it's fun when you watch the NBA, and there's certain guys that you'll settle in, it, maybe if your team's not playing on a nightly basis. And, and the NBA the NBA, to me, is a lot of fun just because every team has, it seems like, one or two stars. Whether you watch Minnesota with Edwards and these young, talented players. But that, they, they, those last four minutes of a game, last two minutes of a game, it's that yeah. clutch time, crunch time, whatever. These guys, it's like all of a sudden something clicks on. And they're like, okay, we're the best athletes in the world. <laughs> we got the most talent. And, and now, And now it turns into that battle. It's like what it, Reg always says. I so. Yeah. Just step back and watch me work. It's it's crazy that, that, that the NBA is fun to watch, and especially when you have your star players playing at a very, very high level. You know, uh, you know Curry knocking down a shot. You man, know, and they're, they're, they're
3: saying, hey, could could that be the jump start to turn around
4: the man, Warriors season with Steph's magical,
3: high and three pointer? We're all, we're all waiting.
4: Buried. We're all waiting for that one right there to happen. But man, Boston had been playing really, really, really yeah. well. Best team in the so, league. Best team in the league, as you would say. And. And for or Curry, those guys to get that win, That maybe that did kind of get him, at least for one night, get him in the right direction. Absolutely. Shout out to THJ. He is now the
3: family leader in three-pointers as he passed his Hall of Fame father for most threes made by a Hardaway. That's pretty cool right yeah. there. THJ was talking to CBS Sports. He said, quote, it just reflects back to the times when – we're in the backyard with all his friends. Me mm-hmm. as a kid, in middle school, high school. We're playing horse, shooting threes, shooting threes off the glass, shooting trick shots all the time. Me beating him a couple times. I mean, it just goes back to all those childhood type of memories. I know uh, Pops, who's a, a friend of the, the station, been on with KMC many times, and I mean that's pretty cool. I mean, the legendary yeah. career that his dad had. Now Tim Hardaway Jr., who's really been brilliant for the first twenty quarter, really of the Maverick season ends up now holding that edge over his dad.
4: Well, we talked about it in the first couple of segments of the, of the show today, how the older you get, the more you see like dad play and now son play. And I, I have a feeling though, with, you know, we're going to, it's only going to get better throughout and it and, and good for, you know, good for him to have the memories of that. Yeah. It must've been fun. You know, I know dad probably was gone a lot, but, you know, to to have a, a dad or a mom that was a professional athlete, you know, and, and and kind of follow in their footsteps and have success, that's that's gotta be something that you just you cherish because you do. You grow up now, you, you probably he you probably grew up in a great situation where they probably didn't have a bad basketball court out back. You know, he probably had a pretty good hoop to shoot at and a lot of advantage, probably had some pretty good gear. But to, to to to
6: have that <laughs> we have the kind newest of, balls. Yeah,
4: like I'm saying you're not. It wasn't like he was. Uh, it was like he was in French Lick, Indiana, like on the dirt. No, but that's awesome. Can you imagine those one-on-one games?
6: Yeah, in the that's driveway? what I'm saying. In the
3: driveway, yeah, that is epic. Yeah, it really is. Iron sharpens iron, right? There you go. Rachel Nichols uh, on her show Headliners had on both Kyrie and Luca, and we'd heard Kyrie after he re-signed with the Mavs, wish that he had been drafted by Dallas, and he's really enjoying his time here. And we can't wait to get him back on the floor. It seems like he's out of the walking boot. He's been ruled out for tonight's game against the Clippers, the A C. But Kyrie talking with Rachel Nichols about uh, what he said there and wishing he had have been drafted by the Mavericks.
5: You have even said that you wish you were drafted here. I did. I did. I just think in my heart in 2011, me getting drafted as a young person, uh, needing a lot of mentorship, needing a lot of nurturing, I can – you know, look back on it now and reflect and have 2020 vision on it and right. say, okay, I, I needed I these things. Use that, I could have used this. I could have used this. But, I mean, in, uh, in present day, I'm yeah. just grateful that I'm here and um, I'm able to um, really identify the things that, uh, you know, one would need to be successful at the highest level. Mm-hmm. You know, all I care about is winning. That's what I've cared about since I've come into this league. Uh, so uh, I knew that, Uh, if I gave myself a chance to be around people that knew more than me, that were smarter than me in certain instances, and I can learn from, then I could be the best version of myself. So being here in Dallas affords that, and their long history of players and and all that good stuff.
3: Would have been amazing to watch him and Dirk. Yeah. Might not have had had Luca. Maybe not. (laughs) Kyrie might have been too good. I've developed such a new appreciation for Kyrie. And honestly, I mean, we'll see how this all plays out. But I to this point I, I was dead wrong it, about the Pierce, I, I was very, yeah. very pessimistic about the move when it happened because of Kyrie's history with teams. Mm-hmm. But so far it's been fantastic here in Dallas with him.
4: Yeah, it's it's amazing when you have a support system that can help the players. And you know, the thing with the Mavericks though, they, they went through a bad time there, you know, with the front office stuff and then also though with their with their just their office in general that with Mark Cuban and others, you know, that, that, that was a, that's just an awful situation. But the one thing that they've always talked about is they do take care of their players. And obviously they've put Kyrie in a really, really good spot because he's had some very troubled times in the places he's been before. So that's uh, good for him to be able to reflect and kind of get to the right place where he needs to be. And good for the Mavs to create an environment for their players where they feel like their players can play at a, a high level and continue to grow.
3: And I think he's helped Luca mature as well. I mean, the question was can Luca play off yeah. ball? And I think I, he's taken some pressure off of Luca to a yeah.
4: sense. I think where I to be honest with you, guys, I feel like Luca made the determination himself. I think Luca got tired of of people calling him fat, mm-hmm. out of shape, uh, don't care. You know, all he cares about is offensive number you know, I think I think Luca took that very personally, you know, and I I'm glad for him because you always worry when a superstar player who is going to be the one that walks up to him or her and tells them you can be better than this? Sure. You are not doing everything in your power to be the best player you can be. And you worry about that because nobody wants to piss off the star player. Nobody wants to be that guy or Gal. So I think that Luca, yeah, Kyrie, there are a lot of is it taking off pressure? Sure. But I think there's for things for Luca that he, he heard. You know, players always say, oh, we I oh, know we block out all the noise. That's such BS. Players hear everything that we say to the point where if they could walk up to you right now and punch you in the face, they probably would because of some of the things that I've said. But that's I, I'm I'm happy for Luca that he is playing at such a high level. And, it, and it, a lot of it has to do with his conditioning. Absolutely. Yeah.
3: And any look, I mean, he, you can tell on the floor. I mean, what he's, he's had playing to do 40 now without Kyrie, it's unreal. Yeah. What, and he, and he's still giving effort defensively.
4: He still is trying. And, you know, his guys around him probably aren't the most talented You know, players. They're trying too. And it's been ugly sometimes. But to be where they're at right now, I think you'd have to be pretty happy. Luca,
3: speaking of him, he's now got a three-week-old baby girl, hashtag girl dance. That'll do something to you. Uh, also, his fiance, whom he's known since he was 11 years old. That's crazy, the two of them basically mm. childhood sweethearts. But uh, that relationship, talking with Rachel Nichols, and how maybe that kind of keeps him grounded a little bit.
5: You also got engaged in possibly the most romantic spot ever, if you look at the proposal pictures. I'm a romantic guy. Are you? No. No? (laughs) I mean, you've known your girlfriend since you guys were kids. Yeah. Um, How does that relationship help you deal with all of the pressures that are on you being an NBA player and frankly carrying the responsibility of your country all the time also? Me, yeah, a lot. You know, I met her in Croatia uh, in the same camping I go now. So I met her now when we were 11, I don't know, something like that. Yeah. So uh, I'm really happy to have her. Uh, it's been great. And she helps me a lot, you know. It's a lot of pressure outside. And, you know, when I get to home, it's no basketball talk. Yeah? So, yeah, she don't yeah. like basketball. She doesn't like basketball? But she goes to every game. I was going to say, she spends a lot of time at the arena. Yeah. I mean, she likes it now, but she didn't yeah. like it, you know. she's which is good for me. I really yeah. like
3: that. Ah, oh, Luca. Pretty cool there. And, and a beautiful story between the two of them, joking about being a romantic. But let's turn things over to the star in Frisco. Brought to you by Ford, your Texas Ford dealers. Ford is the best in Texas. Here's Coach McCarthy.
2: Schematically, and I think they do a great job of playing to their you know, skill set of their players. But yes, I mean, their, their ability to you know attack the C-gap and do the things that they do, explosive both in the run and the pass. But yeah, that, that's, a, that's a, obviously our main, our main focus.
0: Defensively, is, it, is it not
4: giving them free release, or do you have to play off? I mean, how do you you mix it up? Or
2: well, I mean, you got a lot of shifts and motions and reduced splits and things like that. So, it's, I mean, it's not that simple. You know, so uh, I think the biggest thing is like anything, uh, whether we're putting together a, a, an offensive run plan or a defensive, you know, excuse me, plan, or on either side of the ball, you start with stopping a run and, and running the ball and, and work to your protections. So, and that's definitely the case here. They're they're very dynamic.
6: Mike Todd Archer with ESPN. How much do you go back and look at the game in tw- I think it was twenty or twenty-one uh, against Denver with F- Fangio and what they
2: did uh, against? Uh, there'll be a point. I mean, it, it came up in conversation. It was more for the matchups. You know, um, he went to more man-to-man that day than, than prior to the game. So um, you know, so I mean, he's in a different place, different players. Um, so I mean, yeah. So there, there's not. I mean, I, I think it's like anything. Uh, it'll be in the game review, but it was not part of the cut-ups.
1: John. Uh, John Michaud with The Athletic. Do you have any update on Jonathan Hankins at
2: all? Uh, doing better. Uh, doing. He'd be hard-pressed to go this week, but, yeah, he's doing better. And
6: then, uh, what about uh, Zach Martin and Lee
2: Coder? Uh, they're, they're both in the Wednesday group, uh, so they, they won't do much today.
0: Calvin. Uh, you talked about the run defense. Obviously, I've been reviewing the film and sleeping on it. Mm-hmm. How did Mozzie look in that? That first start
2: and everything yeah I think like anything um, you know the run defense uh, you know I, I think there's different plays he can learn from you know as far as, as pad level but I thought he did a good job fighting to get you know staying his gap you know fitness his gap and I think just like anything it starts with you know, you know attacking a line of scrimmage staying square getting your gap and and then obviously the tackling was probably our biggest issue in our run defense was
0: that like a learning experience for him like well, got it's a great three... experience
2: well just just start with the snaps you know I mean to play that much um, you know, it was a great experience for him. Scott, uh, Scott Dixon with VAP. More specifically on Tyreek Hill, beyond the obvious of speed, what, what do you think makes him a good receiver? Well, I mean, he's he, he, yeah. Forget about the speed. I mean, he's dynamic. Uh, you know, and what they do with him. I mean, he's he's able to play inside, outside. You know, goes in the backfield. I think. I mean, that's the things I always look for with playmakers. I mean, you can line them up anywhere, and, he, and he's just so dangerous with the ball in his hand because he can score from anywhere. And, you know, he's he's uh, you know, he, as far as playing them one on one and you know, all those the, the types of things, or decisions you got to make. But he's a he's an extremely dynamic player. Nick
6: Nick Harris, Dallas, Being able to limit the rushing attack around Raheem Mostert and Devon HN, what's kind of the, the pre-diagnosis of that
2: sort of uh, What's the first part of the question?
6: Uh, being able to limit the rushing attack, Raheem Mostert and Devon HN, going into this
2: week. Well, I mean, they're going they're going to they're going to run the ball. I mean, so I, I think like anything, you got to. You know, there's there's how you set your plan. Um, and, you know, I, I think their ability to, I don't think I, I'm just trying to think back through the years of, of a team that gets the ball on the edge as much as they do. You know, I, I think their their ability to attack the sea gap and wider is, is extensive. So um, so that, that'll be the starting point. But, you know, both guys can, can really haul it.
6: Our video team, they're doing a uh, project on the equipment. Uh, guys that you have uh, around the facility, Mike McCord and those guys, what do they, contribute
2: to this team on a week-to-week basis? I mean, they're um, so important in everything we do. I mean, I think number one is people. They're just, uh, they're staples of our organization. I think they they represent our organization exactly how you'd want them to. Uh, Very professional. Um, Obviously their experience speaks for themselves. You know, I I think they're both 120 years old. I think they've been there since, you know, I mean, these guys have been around forever. I mean, I know Mike's, what, 40? You know, Bucky's grew up in it. Um, so, but the thing I really like about them most is I think it's really cool when you look at their staff. You know, they got, they they've got a bunch of young guys, and they, they they're very good mentors to those guys. Uh, so, uh, I do appreciate that. But it's just like anything, they have they have excellent relationship with our players, and uh, they're very good at ju- very good at what they do.
1: Michael Gelkin, Dallas Morning News.
4: The Dolphins are the subject of hard knocks, but it seems like they do a pretty good job. NFL Films does a nice giving too much insight in terms of their football operations. Have you guys watched
6: it and been able to glean anything of it?
2: No, we we'll just read your articles. No, just, uh, no. So, I mean, people, we have people watching, obviously, but we, I haven't gotten anything out of it yet. So, is so, that what you're looking for? Sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that it? I think so. That's it? Yeah, right. Right. All right. Garrett. Garrett. I thought you meant, like, exit oh. left. Oh, no, right? no, no, no. I have to do
1: it one more. <clears throat> Yeah, one more. Oh, he's got one more.
0: Uh, Michael, Michael
1: does one. Sorry. Um, how, how does the Dolphins' use of motion apply stress on a defense? Is, is it similar to? You oh, know, yeah. who,
2: well, I think like anything because you know you do so much so much of it. Um, you know, I, I just think like the basics. You know, when you when you get in there, you start looking at offenses. You know, it's just like anything. you, you want to put things in families, buckets, or however you, you want to explain that and. You know, as far as, you know, when, when there's so much of it, you, you really don't get to see the final formation, you know, whether it's a two by two or three by one. So, you know, it's because it's all about challenging the rules of the defense, you know, and, that, and that's the mission, uh, clearly, uh, when you see the way they, they play. And I, I think the other part of it is, you know, challenging the vision and the discipline of the defenders, uh, also to gain leverage points. Because, you know, like I said earlier, I, I think they do and extremely, um, just uh, like I said, I, I don't recall seeing so many sea gap or wider, you know, runs in, in in the production that they get out of the runs. So, uh, so it's all those things.
3: Garrett Paudel, CBS Sports. Mike, your offense is the number two scoring offense in the league. Your offense are number one. How does going up against you know the best offense in the league? How does that change your approach, if at all, to play calling, game
0: management, things like that, knowing?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing is is we got to maximize our effort, you know, and it's a that's against a coordinator I have a lot of respect for, um, you know, he's he's done it for a long time, uh, and I think if you watch their earlier games of the year, um, and, and then now I think they're playing it significantly at a much higher level of defense uh, than they were the first half of the season. So that's that's really where my focus is on. Um, but you know, and. I get the statistical. That's I mean, a great question. You know, we looked at we looked at our starts, you know, their starts, all those things. That's all part of the the Monday uh, routine with the analytics and so forth. But yeah, a fast start would definitely be uh, would be very, very helpful for us this week. Jess. Justin Barnes, PFN. coach. Can you talk about T.J. Bass and the advantage he has when veteran rest days
0: do come up that he
1: builds that continuity within
2: the line? Oh yeah, and how does he I just think it's twofold. I, I think the way we've um, you know wrapped the the veterans this year, uh, with the Wednesday uh, work, um, also helps our younger players. And TJ is definitely the benefit of that. So, I mean, the, the fact that you know Tyron and Zach have, have, have been available, you know, each week is so that that's obviously a plan that's working. Uh, but it really gives us the opportunity to develop the young players, and uh, so it's a win-win.
6: Uh, Micah on Zach, he's been on this plan here the last couple of weeks as well as what Tyron's on. Is this week harder to know if he has enough because he's dealing with the quad as opposed to other weeks? And where
2: well, might I, be. I think the process too. I mean, you know, with, with Brit, and, and I think you guys watched, watched, have seen the work. I mean, that's that's the hurdle you have to clear to get back out there anyway. So uh, I think it works hand in hand. All righty, thank you, Mike.
3: Mike McCarthy's pressure there live at the Star in Frisco. We will recap that. Some updates on Zach Martin, Malik Hooker, and more. And then let's get into a little hodgepodge before we get baldy at four next year on The Fan. Thank you, LA. Just a few minutes away from Brian Baldinger joining us here in the G-Bag Nation on 105.3 The Fan. We got the top ten. Coming up at 420 as well. Segment brought to you by Franklin Frankel. Life is unpredictable, accidents happen. Franklin Frankel are the go to attorneys for car, truck, and wrecks in DFW. If you or a loved one has been in an accident, contact Franklin Frankel for a free consultation at truckwreck.com or call 214 or 817 333 Man, interesting uh, stuff there from McCarthy. I did think it was funny when he made a joke about watching hard knocks, but they do have people that are watching it which was an interesting point of note. I think what we really cared about was the injury news, and you uh, did an excellent job of giving us the report on Zach Martin with his quad. McCarthy also uh, giving us info on Malik Hooker. They're working with the rehab group. Don't expect to do much today. In regards to Jonathan Hankins and his ankle, he's doing better, but is hard-pressed to go this week.
4: Yeah, that was going to be a couple of weeks right now. It's a high ankle sprain and a big man that's dealing with that. So, uh, you know, we'll see the positivity with Hooker and then with uh, with, – Martin and hopefully those two will be available. But again, I would expect another week for uh, Hankins and you know and and Mike mentioned about C gap runs. Mm-hmm. That's your pin and pull. That's your stuff. That's that that's their the Miami Dolphins not wanting to take you on inside. They want they would rather much rather attack the edges and try and find a way to and they've got very talented ball carriers, but they they do not they do not feel like that they could block you just straight up and make this work. So, get ready for a lot of movement, get ready for tight ends on the edge, get ready for Cedric Wilson blocking. You know, this is going to be about the Cowboys how aware are you? And Tank Lawrence is one of the best when it's they realize that okay, I'm about to get cracked here from a, from a tight formation. You know, and able to fight across blocks like that and get up the field. That's what's going to be the key. Is how fast can you get across the line of scrimmage to disrupt the pullers. and then also potentially bring the ball carriers down for tackles for loss Miami an interesting
3: move you know we had heard Ndamukong Sue in in a flirtation there with the Eagles a few weeks ago he's still out there and available the Dolphins actually hosted him today on a free agent visit former Miami Dolphin has played there before so they're looking into maybe adding some help to their defensive line I think it's so late in the week he wouldn't play versus the Cowboys
4: and I can hear Cowboy fans right now just screaming as they heard you say that Mm -hmm. and you know that's where the Cowboys have struggled. It's been on the edge. Now Carolina had some inside runs, but it was more like B gap runs, B to C gap runs, than it was like a a gap runs. So to me, Indomicon Sue, I I get it, folks. You know you're thinking run defense, you're thinking big body. You need to be better on the edges. You need to be better at on the with you know you need to be better when it comes to Dorrance Armstrong, even Micah Parsons, you know, Tank is, Tank is a good edge run player. And matter of fact, he made a couple of plays from, you know, from one side to the other to get over there. So you have to be better at the point of attack. And Sue is not going to now, could he give you push? Could he control some things? People are saying, well, well if you hold up blocks, these, these linebackers have got to play with more instinct. You know, Clark, Bell. Those guys, yeah, Bell's not a true linebacker. But they they you've you know the thing that made Sean Lee great, the thing that made Dat Wynn great, the thing that made uh, Dexter Coakley great is they played with anticipation. They played with quickness, they played they read, they knew when they were a tight wing formation the ball was going to go right there. They anticipated where the run's going to be. That's where the cowboy line you you could if you don't have anticipation it doesn't matter if blocks hold up in front if they're holding guys up you've got to be able to anticipate where the ball is going to be so right. and go. That's the biggest issue right now. you got linebackers that just don't play through the gaps. How many times have we seen Sean Lee, Leighton Van Der Esch, yep, went. That That's Anyone where they else, miss LV right now. Any one of those guys, Leroy Jordan, Chuck Halley, they played with anticipation, played downhill, went through the gaps, made tackles behind the line of scrimmage. Sean Lee knew in certain formations you were going to get a run this way, that's when you have really good linebacker play. It's not about your defensive tackle. It's holding up blocks. It's about having anticipation and awareness to go make the tackle. Amen.
3: Well said. Uh, let's carry over that conversation with Brian Baldinger, of course, uh, our partner with Odyssey Baldy's Breakdown. So he'll join us next. Coming up on the fan,
6: we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.